Welcome to the Conscious Living Podcast, conversations to educate, empower, and enlighten our world. An uplifting and inspiring series of conversations and talks with your host, Jackie Woodside. We are educating minds, empowering lives, and enlightening souls to create a world where love prevails. In this engaging podcast, we deliver exciting, positive, transformative talks and teachings designed to elevate your life. Now, let's join our host, Jackie Woodside, for this week's session. Hi, everyone. Jackie Woodside here, the founder and your host of the Conscious Living Podcast, where we are here to educate, empower, and enlighten our world. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Conscious Living Podcast. And I'm so excited to bring to the stage today someone who is been in this field for a long time and really both understands deeply and appreciates deeply the journey of uh, of the human being expressing itself at our highest and deepest level. Julie Krasinski is, has been a coach in, in, in this field for 25 years. She talks about a really unique method that I find interesting. She says her mission is to help you step into your best life by tapping into, listen to this, your inner GPS system that is always guiding you. So she has some really unique inner focused approaches in helping you live life more consciously. So Julie, welcome to the Conscious Living Podcast. I really appreciate you being here with us. Hi, Jackie. Me too. I love being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about our time together. Yeah, likewise. So do you mind just, you know, fleshing out a little bit more about your your background? I know you were in direct sales for many years, really crushed it in that industry as well, and uh, and then moved into coaching entrepreneurs. So you have such a unique and and successful and fascinating background. I'd love to hear more about it, and and then we'll go from there. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so before I started um, as an entrepreneur, I was in corporate America for, I think, 13, 14 years. And so that was a major shift from going from corporate America to being my own boss, right? Everybody wants yeah. to be their own boss. Yeah. But what I found, nobody tells you how to be your own boss. Right. Right. And that was my first journey as turning uh, from an employee to a CEO. And what I found um, being in direct sales, of which I said no for five years because I thought I was too good for a direct sales business. I was corporate executive, um, but I wanted to stay home and be a stay at home mom. And that was the best avenue for me to give it a try. So that was my first leap of faith trying um, in an industry where it wasn't, that was almost 30 years ago now. So there wasn't a lot of people being super successful at that time. And um, I learned early on how to be a CEO and how to delegate with my kids and all these things. And I went through a lot of bumps in, in the road and I feel I am an expert now and to show you <laughs> what to do when you start your own business working from home with children, with small children, right? Uh, yeah. And, you know, I look back and um, a very successful career in that. And I was coaching women, helping them build their businesses and starting businesses. Um, and what I found it mostly that I would spend a lot of time on building their confidence, not so much teaching them the ropes of how to run this business, but mostly 
you know, how to really tap into your God-given talents and just let it flow and it comes to you. And that's how I built um, years and years of successful customer retention and team retention. Wow. Nice. Fantastic. You know what I love about what you said there, Julie, is that you had a successful corporate career and you left it really what you're what you were saying without using this language is that you left it to really pursue your values of being a stay-at-home mom and being there for your kids and i just think that's such an essential part of conscious living is you know knowing what you value and then uh, being willing and having the courage to actually craft your life according to what you value and, um, and I just look at the blessings in your life because you went on to be a very successful person in direct sales. Do you want to say a little bit more about what you actually accomplished? Yeah, you know, sometimes you do that comparison, um, you know, method where you look at, oh, I don't think I was all that great. There were always people doing more than I was. And I just knew like my very first year in my um, director's team, I was the number one, uh, her number one um beauty consultant and sales. And I'm like, really? Like I'm hardly doing anything. And uh-huh. it was just fun. I was like enjoying myself, having time with girlfriends, making some extra cash. That's all I really wanted was to make an extra hundred dollars a week so I can supply my kids with, you know, clothes from Baby Gap or Gymboree and go to McDonald's, whatever we were doing at the time without having to ask my husband for money. Yeah. And I just found that because like you said, with my core values and just, um, you know, relationships for me it's really about building strong relationships Mm -hmm. and never about selling and of course you're selling a product and your service whatever but um based on right my why was my children i wanted to be the one to raise them yeah yeah you know and they're both entrepreneurs today neither of them are working for anybody except for themselves why does that not surprise me right after watching what you were able to accomplish as an entrepreneur so you entrepreneurs now and you use a method that you call heart-centered and joyful approach to business and I'm curious about both of those phrases you know the heart-centered you hear that in the industry and I'm always curious to ask someone who brands themselves as that what exactly it means so heart-centered and joyful so tell us a little bit about that and how it relates to running a conscious business. Uh, um, So, you know, I've always operated my life and business like that. So for me, sometimes when people ask that question, you go, well, why wouldn't you run your business that way? But then you don't realize that there's a lot of people who are not running their business. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of really unhappy entrepreneurs out there. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And that's why I created the Joyful CEO Life Program and Community because I saw that. And even going through in the direct sales industry, I was taking these women and um, lifting them up and giving them confidence and just really having them tap into, you know, just be kind, be courteous. Like, who can you serve? Like, come with a servant's heart. And um, Mary Kay, that's who I was in direct sales, always was the go-give spirit. That's how she ran her company. And I just brought that into, I mean, that's how I was brought up, you know, to do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. And it's just simple that way. You're not pushy. You're not, you know, really helping women that care about other people truly want to serve and make an impact, not only in their families' lives and the people around them, but in the world. And it really has to come from being heart-centered. 
And how does that translate to business? Like, you know, okay, so you, you can be heart centered, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you know how to do sales and marketing or that you know how to put a program together or, you know, I mean, there's a lot of elements to the field of being a coach and and, and, and any entrepreneurial business, really. Um, yeah. So how does that translate? Yes. Well, of course, um, for me, I've always invested in people to help me in those certain areas that maybe was not my forte business, you know, business strategies. I've learned and being in corporate America, I was also in sales and marketing. So I learned that way, the corporate way, but I've always, even when I was in corporate America, it was all based, my, my clientele and the way I address sales was always from my heart first. It's like, how can I serve these people? Do they really need what I'm offering and listening, listen to their needs before you offer a solution? because they may just not be a good fit, right? And then you learn the strategies based on where, you know, what is their why? Why are they coming to you? Do they have a problem that you can fix? Mm-hmm. And are they the person, do they feel that you're the person that can get them there? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's that's kind of where you bring in the you know, the more heart centered, you're not trying to do a hard sell. You're not trying to be the answer to everybody. Uh, Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. So how did you make that journey of going from kind of corporate leadership role to, you know, being more heart centered, feeling that passion? Did you feel like it was a calling? Was there intuition or, or kind of spiritual guidance involved? You know, how did you, how did you move from the <laughs> career ladder to the more, you know, do it yourself, creative entrepreneur ladder? Um, well, that's a good question um, because it was a total um, faith and intuition for me, it's God. So I, you know, prayed a lot about it. There was, there's been a lot of um, milestones in my life. where I, um, that was one, you know, stepping, leaving a good corporate paying job when we just had bought a a new home, we have two new cars and now I want to be a stay-at-home mom. And my husband at the time's like, great, just don't spend any money. Right. right. going to be interesting. (laughs) So how am I going to do this? Um, So I had another child and then I had two and I'm like, okay, I'm having mommy mush brain. What can I do? Right. And, um, and I wanted to contribute, but that was like a big leap of faith because I was scared. Like when I took that leap into direct sales, people around me, well, meaning uh, family members would tell me how unsuccessful that their neighbors, cousins, wife's sister was when they tried to do direct sales and that I was probably going to fail too. So I just kept listening into my intuition and just asking God to guide me and just so, you know what, let me just come with this as not success and failure, but just go in and have fun and serve and don't look so much at what the outcome is going to be. Yeah. So that was a huge leap of faith um, going into that. And then I earned my first car as a, just a beauty consultant. I wasn't even um, in a leadership position yet. And that was my, we talked about when I met you earlier about the law of assumption, like assuming that there's a plan that other people have done it. This is my desire. Okay. We need a new car. I know you can get one from that company. And I'm like, all right, I'll follow the plan. Oh, wow. Now, wait a minute. Let's back up here. So the law of assumption. So you incorporate spiritual laws into your business. Yes. Yes. 
Okay. Yes. So, mm-hmm. so um, the the law of assumption. Let's just define it for our listeners, so people have an understanding of what it is, and then let's go back and apply it, like specifically to this example. I love doing that. Yeah. So for me, it's just you know, see yourself as already achieving this. Assume, assume it's okay. going to happen. It's already done. Already done. It's already been created. Just like when I was saying, um, earning the car, well, the company had a proven car program, right? So it's been done. People, I knew people driving the free cars and you could go to that. Yes, but yes, but yes, but not me. You know, it'd be easy for them. They had this, whatever the comparison thing. And I just thought, oh no, I saw myself. And I remember to this day, it was so vivid. Your imagination is so strong, right? That it was 1998 and I can still see um what was it called it was like a candy apple red grand am that was the first level of car sitting in my driveway in buffalo new york i could still to this day see it in my driveway before it actually was in my driveway so what i'm visualizing is me visualizing it not the actual car yes yeah until it was in my driveway Wow. So that um, the spiritual power of imagination or the spiritual law of imagination. Have you heard that phrase before? Oh, yeah. Power of imagination. Sure. So uh, Charles yeah. Fillmore, Neville Goddard uh, or, or some some teachers uh, sure. you know, back 100 years ago who started talking about the spiritual power of imagination. And today, you know, researchers like Dawson Church and Greg Braden, you know, there are people who are actually bringing the science now in behind it. Yes, finally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's an exciting time, isn't it, Julie, to live at this intersection of science and spirituality? Yes. That, and yeah, go ahead. No, I was thinking like I didn't realize what laws I was tapping into back then. Yeah. Um, but when I look at like the journey and all those little milestones along the way, it was like, yes, I was using the laws. I was using the spiritual laws, right? And the same thing when the, um, I went through, the, we okay, so we were in Buffalo, New York. I became a sales director. We're very successful. We became number one in our whole national area two years in a row. It was just, and people would call me and they would ask, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm just, it was ease and flow. And mm-hmm. that's how it's supposed to be. We make things so difficult. When you then turn to the like, oh, no, what if this falls out from underneath me? Then you start blocking that positive energy and the bottom does fall out from underneath. Right. And that is also using the spiritual power of imagination. Yes. When you're envisioning, you know, the potential catastrophes or the loss or what's going, what could go wrong, you know, Mm -hmm. what if is just a tool, right? Whether you're saying, what if I've got the cherry car, cherry colored car sitting in my (laughs) driveway, or what if the bottom falls out? You are both in both instances, employing the spiritual power of imagination or the spiritual law of assumption, as as you've dubbed it here. Um, So that's what people need to realize, that you're employing spiritual law all the time anyway, because it is science. It's not just a philosophy or a spiritual belief. Yes. Science that says what you put your focus on is what you bring into your world. So let's go back and apply it more specifically, Julie. So you had this vision, you needed a new car, your husband's like, fine, but don't spend any money. Yeah. You're like, okay, this company has a plan that if I do X, Y, and Z, but how yes. did you bring the the spiritual law of attraction or, or uh, imagination 
the law of assumption. How did you use it? Was it in the morning? Was it, you know, yeah. you do it two minutes a day? Like, actually, I want to get really practical of how you brought yeah. it into your life. You know, it's uh, um, interesting because I do spend a lot of time now with my clients and um, I even have like a morning routine document that I share with them. Nice. Nice. Um, I think I had a routine, but I never really like you call it that. Yeah, I didn't really realize it, like the visual, the visualization. And a lot of that was taught in that industry to visualize yourself in the position that you want to be, like act as if, right? Mm -hmm. And those things were things that we've heard. Um, so I don't know if I, that was a long time ago. I don't remember exactly what it sure. was. Yeah. Um, I do believe I've always loved my morning. So even when my children were small, I would always get up before them. Um, and in this industry, there was a five o'clock club where the people that got up at five and did that quiet time and meditation and all that. And I always did that. I was listening to way back then it was um, Ogmandino scrolls. And I just thought of these the other day and I would listen to them in the morning on my little boom box. Yeah. While I was getting his breakfast and my son, sometimes he was eight or nine and he would ask like, mom, can we listen to those scrolls? And Nice. He would get used to listening to them. And so I back then, I guess I was doing it. I just didn't really put like a name to the practice. Yeah. You know, like I do now. Yeah. And you're, you're so committed to it now that you have a worksheet for your clients, the morning, the, the morning ritual. Is that what you call it? Yeah. It's a morning routine. And morning routine. We actually, um, and I just did a little uh, mini masterclass in my private Facebook group on how to create a morning routine. We, again, assume when you're hanging out with like-minded people, right. um, doesn't everybody do a morning routine? You know, <laughs> you have a routine, you get up, you go to the bathroom, you might yeah. make coffee, you might stretch, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so what we do is really kind of help people create new habits with the things they're already doing to incorporate something new. If they're not meditating, but they're getting up and make, making their coffee every day, you know, it might take five, 10 minutes, sit down and do a quick meditation, get one of the, the apps. Yeah, I love the Calm app and Insight Timer. All those are just simple tools that you can use right you know, right at your fingertips. So you help people build that morning routine. I help them build the habits yeah. around um, creating a life that they love based on, you know, visioning, meditating and imagination, right? Tapping into your imagination for sure. Yeah. And do you, do you help people who can't see it? Like what, what do you do when people are like, well, I don't really know, or I can't really see it. You know, I'm sure you hear that. Yes, 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 yes. Well, usually when they start out their um, vision for their life and their future is really just like one line, you know, I would love, boom, I would love this. And then by time, you know, we're together 30, 60, 90 days, they have this robust vivid details of what they would love and I keep having them expand upon it expand upon it and then you can see their confidence and just like wow if I just like you're making it up like you said you're making it up anyway <laughs> you might yeah. as well make up something that you want to see the outcome right. not like the terror of that imagination because you can terrorize yourself right. with those right. what ifs Right? I think that's the most important thing people can take from this conversation today is that this reality that you are always plugged in to the mm -hmm. spiritual power of imagination. And I guess what you and I are both saying is we coach people to use it consciously. Yes. 
rather than unconsciously. Unconsciously, yes. I love what you said that like kind of where you start with people is they like they have one sentence of what their vision is. You know, I want to yeah. be healthy and happy and I want my kids to thrive and, you know, uh, yes. whatever. Maybe it's the, you know, summer home on the water or whatever. But, you know, it's pretty simple, All of right? Yes, yes. And then as you work with them, you know, you're yeah. kind of helping them tap into this field of pure potential that is right there, you know, when you're just tapped into it, the power of attention, where is your attention going? And I think so much in our world today, and I'm curious your experience of this, Julie, yeah. so much in our world today, our attention is on getting through the day. Yeah. Yes. The pace of life is so fast and uh, the, the pace of change in our world is incredibly accelerated right now. Uh, and I don't think we've even, I don't even think we've begun to see the beginning of it with the advent of uh, AI, artificial intelligence and augmented reality, I, you know, language learning models. We've not even begun to see the beginnings of how rapidly things are going to change. So yeah. people are in this phase, this place where kind of our neurology hasn't kept up with the technology pace and changes. So I'm just curious, you know, what your thoughts are about that when, you know, people are just kind of getting through the day and you're helping people to be more expansive and yes. you know, talk about that process a little bit. For sure. Um, so I, I'll give you a little secret, what uh, my clients get um, when they start working with me. And this is in the very first call when they've made a decision. Yes, I need some guidance. I need some help, accountability, whatever it is and um, believing that I'm the person that can take them there, we schedule something called joy breaks. And they are suggested that nothing is you have to do this, but I suggest that they schedule them throughout their day because most of the women or men or people that come to me are doing, doing, doings. So yeah. I said, we're human beings, we're not human doings. And just sitting there, making it happen, work, making the phone calls, doing all this stuff is so constrictive. You're not allowing space for the, you know, out of the blue gifts that are waiting to be dropped in to your life, in your business, in your lap, if you're just allowing them. Because like you said, everything that you desire is already created. It's already there. You just need to be vibrationally in match and in harmony with it. And we take those joy breaks and they will text me. I'm on a joy break. All right, wait a minute. So what does a joy break mean? What does that look like? So a joy break could be something different for anybody or everybody. Um, and so my little two-year-old grandson is knocking at the door, even though I have a in recording on this. Right. <laughs> I'm a distracted at two years old, he can't read the in recording. Dad's there. He can read. Um, His dad's there. He can read, right? Yeah, he's my joy break after this. I'll take a joy break. But a joy break could be anything. I had a client that um, she, her body was going through some things. And I said, well, what would help? Like, what do you feel? And she's like, I really need to stretch. And I never put that in my day. I'm like, do you enjoy stretching? She's like, yeah, but I'm too busy, blah, blah. And I'm like, what do you do every day? And she's like, ah, make my coffee. And that's why I said, when you turn on the coffee pot, go stretch. And that was a new habit she created. Um, I had another client that loved planting and had not been planting in years. And um, she says, oh, I can't. I'm in an apartment now. And I'm like, do you have a patio? Do you have a concrete slab in front of your? And she's like, yeah. And I go, can you get some pots? Right. And so that's what she did. 
And she would take a break during the day and cultivate the soil and water the plants and talk to them. And then she started seeing the fruits of her labor. And so there was an analogy also as she was evolving and growing and expanding, she was watching, you know, her garden grow. And so, yeah. And so she's not working with me anymore. Um, she texted me recently saying, I did get out of the habit of doing those and my garden's gone, but I did. She showed me something after listening to one of my webinars or something. It made her remind herself that that she should be doing those joy breaks. Because you, if you haven't created a habit, so sometimes people work with you for 30 days, 90 days, and they think, okay, I got it. Great. Thanks for these tools. They haven't created a habit that just is automatic. Yeah. That's what so it want. sounds like you teach um, habit formation with anchoring it to another thing that you yeah. do anyway. So yeah, I, exactly. I do that as well. So why don't you talk about that a little bit, how to anchor in new habits? Yeah. And that's basically is create something that you desire that you're not doing and attach it to something. I, I learned this, I think from, uh, is it Dave Allen? John? Um, I can't remember the habit guy. What is his name? Dave Allen? John, I can't remember what, what name his, what he is, but he um, used to say that too. Like my, my boyfriend's a really good one with this. You want to learn, remember to floss your teeth. You throw a piece of floss on your toothbrush, right? And just remember to do, I mean, just add it to a habit you're already doing until that becomes the new habit. Yeah. Right. Exactly right. Um, but also the joy breaks are something that just get up and dance, like put music on. It doesn't have to be a half hour thing. It could be a five minute. You put a timer on. I'm shutting down my computer. I'm going outside. For me, it's a walk down to my park. And some days I'll take five of those little walks down to the park. I'm like, I've got to decompress, need out of here. Because nature, just nature is amazing for habit forming. Yeah. I love yeah. that. One of the things that I used recently was um, I, I know I just need to keep strength training and exercising as much as I can, as often as I can. So I anchored doing 25 squats every time I brush my teeth. Oh, I like that. So while I'm brushing my teeth, I do 25 squats. So um, it's a simple way. Yeah. Uh, anchoring is walking up the stairs rather than just kind of mindlessly going up the stairs. I jog up the stairs uh, every yeah. time I go upstairs. So I'm anchoring <clears throat> little things into my day that's increasing the amount of exercise and activity. Walking the dog, you know, yeah. uh, instead of mindlessly walking the dog, I keep her moving at a good clip. So I get my yeah. heart rate up. Yes. There are ways that you can anchor. And then, you know, um, I love that for spiritual practice. Um, oh, yeah. People say, right. I know I need to meditate. I know it should be good for me. So I have clients before they start their day, just one minute of meditation yes. before you put your hands on the computer. So it yes. might be in the car, if people are still in a remote workplace, yeah. it's one minute in the car before you put your foot out the door. Uh -huh. uh, then one minute as you wrap up your day. So people in a remote workplace, the minute they sit down in the car, that's their, they're doing that anyway. Right. One minute of meditation, set your timer, just yeah. breathe. Count I think breath. people think it's all or nothing. Like, yes. oh, if I don't do it for 10 minutes, I'm not getting the benefit. Exactly. And, and the latest neurological research shows that one minute of meditation several times throughout the day, three to four times a day, is the neurological equivalent of 20 minutes of seated meditation. Now, you might not become a yogi or a spiritual right. master in a minute a day, 
but neurologically you're you know balancing the hormones in your brain release, releasing oxytocin and serotonin instead of cortisol and and you know the stress hormones so mm -hmm. neurologically it helps your brain to function better with greater clarity and you sleep better just one minute three or four times a day so i help my clients anchor that one minute into a specific task that they do throughout their day exactly yes it's, it's not hard <laughs> it's not really rocket science not. that's you know i think julie that's what makes our work so difficult sometimes is that our the the principles are actually very simple but the application of them isn't easy so yes. while people are engaged in uh you know they think it has to be a difficult thing to create change in their lives and they have to do this herculean effort no it's really small simple changes done consistently over yes. Yes, that's the key. Yeah. <laughs> Consistently and not just starting like taking a course and feel like, okay, right. I'm oh, I did that course. Now, well, that didn't work for me. Or people say meditation, that didn't work for me. Well, it's, are you still doing it? <laughs> no, no, that's no, what I know. work for you. <laughs> <laughs> work, so it's not, I've been working with the same spiritual mentor for four and a half years. So, and people go, oh, really? Well, is she teaching you anything new? And it's like, well, she's new. Every year she grows and expands. Is I'm a different person, right? Right. I'm definitely new from four years ago when I started with her. Exactly she helped right. me take that leap of faith. You know, she told me like, what if the bigger risk was staying where you are versus exploring the unknown? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. So yes. I want to go back to one of the other things you said when you were talking about um, using the spiritual power of imagination and, and helping clients. You said it helps clients become a vibratory match for what they desire. And I remember the first time I heard that phrase, I read it on an Abraham Hicks card. And it said, if you do not have what you desire, it's because you have yet to become a vibratory match for your desires. Yes. I remember, Julie, I remember thinking to myself, oh my God, that is such crap. Who talks like that? What does that mean anyway? Right? Um, yeah. So I was like, I don't even, and then I got into it and I started, studying, and I've written a book called Money Vibe. That's all about. I, saw that. I was looking yeah. on your website. I'm like, I have to grab that. I like that. Yeah, yeah, and it's all about the energy and vibration of yeah. desire. So that concept actually had a huge impact on my life, but sure. there may be people listening to you say it today thinking, what does she mean by that? That's such crap. I don't even know what that means. So let's dive in a little bit, Julie. What does it mean to become a vibratory match for something? It's just, um, you know, when people talk about the law of attraction, we've all heard that like years and years ago, right? The movie, The Secret, all that. We listen to Abraham Hicks. Like I have people go, oh, I listen to her, I listen to her. I don't need what you're doing. Um, but then they're still not having the things they desire. Right, right, right. Them. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't know it. <laughs> you might right? know of it. Well, what I say to people is you might have an intellectual understanding yeah. of it, but you don't know it until you right. demonstrate it in your life. Yeah, until it shows up, because what's showing up is what you are attracting, right? It's just, yeah, and the vibration, like we always say, too, it's like you trust electricity, right? Unless you didn't pay your electric bill and you turn the light switch on, it goes on. Um, you trust gravity, that if you jump out of a window, you're going to fall to the ground. It's The laws are there, right? And they're always working for you. So that law of attraction, and Abraham always talks about, it's even the law of vibration comes before the law of attraction because 
we are sending out energetic vibrations, whether we are aware of them or not, right? And have you ever walked into a room and somebody's got bad energy? Oh, yeah, you're right. You're I, like, you look at that person, you're like, I don't really like oh. their vibe. I don't know what oh, it is yeah. about them. Yeah. You know, we even use yeah. that language colloquially. Yes. Oh, I like her vibe or I don't know. I don't really dig yeah. that person's vibe. You know, we say that. Right. Now we're starting to understand. Yeah, we are. Unconsciously, <laughs> I love that. Yes. Yeah, we are emitting a vibration based on how we think, how we feel, our beliefs. Yeah. And, and sometimes I think it's like, ooh, like my son's like, I go, your energy. I mean, he can, your son can feel your energy when you're, you know, whatever. And he's like, oh, mom, what do you want of those energy healers? No, I'm, I'm not a healer at all. I never said I was a healer, but I can feel energy. And I always could, but now it's so strong because I am in that constant practice of being aware, yeah. seeing how it shows up. And it's like, yeah. well, why wouldn't you? It's like magic. When it, yeah. I read a book recently and um, the woman, it's old book, um, the dynamic, I think, um, laws of prosperity. Oh, and ponder. Love it. And she interviewed a salesman and when everybody else was having a, terrible time and not making their quotas whenever they asked him how business was and he's like business is amazing there's gold dust in the air so now i keep saying this with my clients it's like hey, i don't feel like you want to get some gold um sparkles and just throw it everywhere you know That's just great gold dust there, right there's gold dust What's in the vibe? air now, right. that has a vibe to it right versus oh, i hope i get by you know yeah. oh my gosh by. business is so bad the economy is horrible blah, blah, blah. nobody wants to buy exactly. yeah yeah, that's that's all the vibration. So when you say you're not a vibratory match, you know, you have to become a vibratory match for your desires. Basically, what you're meaning is you need to change your vibration by changing your thoughts, your beliefs, your emotions, your attention, what you focus on. It is the inner world that is the creative element of the outer world. 100%. Hence, you and I will never be without a job. Oh, <laughs> we will not. <laughs> Until AI replaces us as well. Yeah. Yeah, they'll still need our help. Uh, and I've used AI. I mean, I use it. Oh, sure. It's just great for brainstorming ideas. Absolutely. Right? Fantastic for brainstorming ideas. You gotta go with the flow or be left behind yeah. and all that stuff. But I mean, I just love what you're doing too in your Conscious Living podcast. And I'm going to start tuning into that now that I'm aware of you. Really awesome. Yeah. And I hope your uh, your followers will as well. So Julie, you've got a free gift to offer to people. Why don't you just say a little bit about that so people can go online, find you, find the free gift and we'll. Yeah, it's just a, a simple, um, my joy. It's my joy yeah. guide. Your joy yeah. CEO guide is. is uh, joyful CEO life, but it's, it just spells out the word joyful. And it's okay. just something to read and go through um, every day and just just something quick and easy and Good. to tap to have remember putting joy first if joy like i even have um a little sticky note on my computer it says fun and flow like you just beautiful. want that joy is up on my wall just to remind me beautiful you know that being fun and are you having joy in your day in your activities and feel good then take your inspired action Right. So this is just a quick guide that they can have on their desk and, and glance at and read every day. So I'd be happy use, with you. you use CEO in a unique way. What are, what does that acronym mean? Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, so when I was um, 
hashing out like, oh, what's this going to be called? And what does it feel like? And who do I serve and all that? And I'm like, well, you know, CEO. And we were like, oh, you know, these women that come to me are confused. They're exhausted and overwhelmed, right? That's the CEO in them. And then after working with me and some of my clients right from the beginning called me, she's like, I don't feel like you're a coach. I feel like you're a guide, like you're guiding me. And um, then have more clarity, energy, and overflow. So that's the way I want to reimagine what CEO means. I love that. I love that, Julie. So where can our listeners find you, get in touch with you and learn more about you? Yes, well, I am on all socials and uh, Julie M. Krasinski, because there is another Julie Krasinski in the world, believe it or not. And um, yes, I'm on Instagram. You can find me there. I'm on LinkedIn. What's your website? Uh, My website is um, spiritedsoulcoaching.com. Soulcoaching.com. Beautiful, beautiful URL. Julie, thank you so much for being here with me, being my partner in, in this walk of, of raising consciousness on the planet. It's lovely to, to work with you and collaborate with you. And thank you for sharing such wisdom with our listeners today. I was delighted to be um, and honored to be your guest. It was so much fun being on thank here with you. So you. All right. Thank you.